Welcome to the Crossways Podcast, the podcast where we talk about how we can walk in the way of the cross. We're your hosts, Jonathan and Matthew. We are so excited to have you while tuning in or listening to our podcast. Podcast previously recorded, not live, but we're so glad you're here. We want to remind you that we're brought to you by Ministry League and Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. Uh, today we're talking, I guess, about maturity, maturing in faith. Stop for a second. I can do that. You say today, but it's really tomorrow. It is really tomorrow. But today, but tomorrow, whenever you're listening. No, 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 no. Today, it'll be tomorrow, but tomorrow it will have been yesterday. It will be. So, this episode, we're talking about maturing in faith. Regardless of what day Regardless it is. Regardless your So, my good friend, uh, Chad, um, he had a podcast, and he still does some stuff with his ministry bits or his videos. But he used to say, and I always knew it was him when he said, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, you may delete as appropriate. And I always thought that was just so clever. Shout out to, to Chad. But um, we got some stuff going on tomorrow that made us unable to, to record this, go live on our normal Thursdays. So we're pre-recording this. So bear with us as we'll have no interaction with any comments and hopefully uh, it'll still be a, a really good discussion for all of you. Although, as you're listening, and you may feel the urge, still comment, comment. You know, we would love share to your thoughts. You. We will, uh, we will definitely, you know, we will definitely have the opportunity to re-interact through comments. Absolutely. Like, you know, at some point later, and um, but yeah. So our our schedule, our schedule has been just up in the air for about. Three months now, it feels it's like. One thing after another. And we have not always been great. We want some consistency in our in our schedule. And so it really worked out today to to be able to do this so that, um, kind of like Colin Cowherd says, wherever you are <laughs> and whenever it is, thanks for making us part of your day. And uh, Ab- so. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So. But um, as we talk about growing in our faith, I think we also need to maybe take a step back and talk about what it means to maybe have a, a and not, I don't want to say a struggling faith, but maybe a weak faith, or not being mature in our faith. I like what that it means, better, yeah. yeah. What it means to be immature in our faith, and a lot of things come to mind. I know for me, it would just be when I think of immaturity, I think of just pouting all the time. Someone who just they don't get their way. They're like, well, it's not what I wanted. I quit. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's not mature. But we do that in our faith sometimes. Because sometimes God's way, well, let me rephrase. A lot of times God's way is not my way. Or not yeah. the way I want to do it. it. It should become my way. But when it just comes down to Jonathan, I want to do a lot of stuff that God says otherwise. You know, I think... Of immaturity as well. And I think about it in the context of my kids. Of course, I've got four kids. Mm-hmm. They range from 10 to 2. And one of the things that is interesting is watching them at different phases. And immaturity also a lot of times, as an adult, I think immaturity majority of the time has to do with personal preferences. Yep. Um, but especially when we talk about it from a spiritual perspective, that immaturity a lot of times is especially when I think about it with my kids, is it's not necessarily my way, but it's a lack of understanding. Mm -hmm. And that if you are struggling with maybe some immaturity in your faith because of a lack of understanding and you're just still really trying to grow, that's one thing. But if you're struggling in your faith 
with immaturity back to your point of because I want it my way, that there is a difference in being immature and I want it my way and struggling because of a lack of understanding or a true lack of knowledge on something. And and one perspective will lead to maturity Mm -hmm. because if you don't understand, hopefully you'll seek understanding. Yeah. But if you're insistent and stubborn in your immaturity, that's going to lead to really a deconstruction of, yeah. of, of your faith. And I don't, and, or maybe just a, a falling apart, which, you know, in our notes, we're calling just being childish. Yeah. You know, we're talking in my Sunday morning class and with our youth group parents on Wednesday night about this growing in your faith mentality. And uh, the very first kind of exercise we did, and maybe this is something that, you know, you guys can do. Uh, is is think about your spiritual weaknesses and your spiritual strengths. Mm-hmm. What is your greatest spiritual strength? And 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 rejoice that and thank God for that. But what is that thing that you struggle with spiritually the most? Which another way to say that is what are you immature in? And then what are the steps you can take to grow in that? And, and like you said, when you have that mentality about it, it is going to lead you to a sense of growth. But if you look at it and go... Well, I just that I'm just immature because, you know, I'm just selfish, and yeah. I'm so selfish that I don't care about growing. I don't care about listening to other people. Then that is going to leave you in a place of, of of immature faith and even sinful faith. Mm-hmm. Sinful faith is that a? No, I don't know. But, but, but and and, and, and along, along those lines, I think there's we should celebrate who God created us to be. God created us all unique. That's a good thing. But too often when I hear the phrase, I am who I am, it's not a, this, I am who I am. God made me this way and I'm going to use these talents and I'm going to, you know, grow where I've been planted. Typically when we say I am who I am, we're excusing our bad behavior. Our shortcomings. Our shortcomings. And we can say, hey, these are things I struggle with. Well, it's just who I am. Oh, but it doesn't have to be. You know, we shouldn't settle for, oh, that's a weakness, but that's just the way God made me, so he must be okay with it. So we were, um, I was I was pulling a trailer one time. This has been pretty recent. And um, I, backing a trailer up has never been a great strength of mine. Uh, and I was trying to get it to a certain spot in my backyard. We're talking, my wife was in the truck with me as I was doing it. And I couldn't get it to do what I wanted it to do. And... Uh, I go, this is good enough. And I stopped it like in the middle of the backyard. But I needed, I really needed it right up next to the porch. But I had to like do some turning and then turn back and get it to a certain spot around some trees. And I look at my wife and I go, I've never been good at this. I'm just going to leave it right here. And she looked at me and she goes, we're going to stay out here and do this until you get it where you need to. So she wasn't going to allow me, to your point, she wasn't going to allow me to say, well, this is who I am. I'm not good at this. Nah, just I'm just going to quit. She pushed me. And, and I think that that's what God intends for us to do with each other is for me to look at you and you looked at me and this accountability of, hey, this may be a weakness of yours, but I'm not going to let it stay that way. I'm going to encourage you and push you to grow with this and not just be satisfied with, well, God made me this way. You know, the scriptures say about iron sharpening iron. And, and the, when I think of that, people are like, oh, yeah, I want to be I want to be strengthened. And when iron sharpening iron, it's not a pleasant feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't have to be like a abusive situation, but it's not 
but growth isn't always pleasant or it comfortable, but it's not, but growth never comes with abuse. And I think we need to make that distinction in our conversation here. We're not saying, oh, anything, un anything um, uncomfortable could, is good. Well, no, we're not saying that, but we're saying a lot of growth is uncomfortable, but it's healthy uncomfortable. Well, I mean, you, you think about, you know, guys that lift weights. I mean, you know, they have max days where they have to really push themselves. And mm -hmm. that, that growth, those max days are hard days. And they're not comfortable, although they they push you to a new point. Yeah. Uh, but anything worth growing in is, is going to involve discipline. It's going to involve challenges. Yeah. Um, I can remember when I, I was, we had a practice and we did a two rep max on bench. We had worked up and, and that practice that morning was a two rep max on bench, which is exhausting. Your arms are dead. I didn't think anything of it. And right, at, and it was right before school, so our practice started at like six, six thirty in the morning. It was awful. Our school started at eight thirty, so it was like six, six thirty. So we were there for two, two and a half hours. But earlier, before practice, before before school, the basketball team also like you know shot some shots, you know, kind of got some practice in with just the ball in our gym. And I went out, and every now and then I would find someone that would let me take one or two shots, and as I went to class. Well, I got the ball after this two rep max, and I was like, "All right, here we go." And I went to shoot, and I, I kid you not, my arms were dead. But I didn't even realize how dead they were until I tried to shoot a basketball. It didn't make it eight feet up in the air, and I guarantee you, it didn't make it four or five feet in front of me. And it looked at me and went, "What was that?" And I was like, "I can't lift my arms." <laughs> I mean, it was like, "I don't." Uh, we just, you know, maxed out here, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm done." I mean, I, I hadn't, I didn't realize it, but it's. But it wasn't a dangerous, you know, uncomfortableness unless I went back in there and tried to max again. Then, no, you've already hit your peak for the day. You can, you, there's, a, there's a thing called muscle failure. Mm -hmm. There's a thing as mental failure and there's a muscle failure. And you have to know what that is yeah. to be healthy. And when we're talking about growth, there's, we, you can be, we can push someone too hard to grow where, hey, they're at their breaking point. Hey, let's come back to it. Let's not let them stay there forever. But let's also encourage that growth. Let's stretch. Any kind of stretching is uncomfortable. You know, you think of uh, yoga or, or Pilates or whatever you want to say. Man, that first day when you try to stretch, you can't touch your toes. But like a month, two months later, you're like, I can't believe I never touched my toes before. Oh, because right. now it's super easy. It's but the first but it's How those. How much yoga do you do, man? Oh, none. Okay, just none. Just wondering. None. I, I I did it for a little like for years ago, and I was like, this is cool, and then I never did it again. And because uh, you know, I didn't. It was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. <laughs> so so let's talk about this idea. Okay, so if we're talking about let's let's define this idea of of immaturity, or another way to say it is just kind of like a childish mentality in your faith. If you had to be like, okay, this is what a true childish immature faith look like what are some characteristics of that type of individual or even for myself what are some things that i need to make sure aren't present in my life that would lead me to this type of well well one just and, and it, it comes because also it's from a book i have up on my top shelf up here is just a lack of wonder and uh when when we look when we go out you know when we can't appreciate the wonder of god's creation we can't appreciate the wonder of just everything and we're beginning we let that inner critic completely rob us of the joy god wants us to have i think that's that can be a childish 
faith because mm-hmm. it it's almost the opposite of how children act, but it's a childish faith because it's an immature faith. It's a, it's a faith that says, mm, not impressive. Or we come so, taking this for granted so much that we're just like, not seen that before. And I think that's a really good point because I think a lot of Christians, especially if you've been in church your whole life and, and you're older and in, in, in just your kind of age in general, a lot of things lose their 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 wonder. Even even with scripture, as like I've I've always thought about this idea that as powerful as like passages like Acts two thirty eight are, as powerful as they are, when you've heard them your whole life, you hear it in a sermon, you're like, okay, yeah, I know that. Yeah. But then you 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 show that you know I've showed that passage to people who have never seen it before, and they're like, time out. Yeah. yeah. And it just it like it just runs all over them, you know, like. And, and so you do have to be careful with that idea of just that attitude of not being yeah. impressed. When, you know, while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. You tell that someone who's never experienced that love before, they go, hold on, they love me that much? Someone who's heard it their whole life goes, yeah, I know that. Well, I've and heard I, that my whole life. And it, we can't allow it to lose that impact. Yeah. And I think when we lose that wonder, we also lose so much of what makes our faith strong mm-hmm. you know i think another thing and this is something that i've seen over and over and over in ministry in this in this childish type faith is it is people who have this idea that it's about what i want you you can call that selfishness you can call that you know wanting it your way but it is and and you can spot it a mile away with this statement we've never done it that way Mm-hmm. Or we've always done it this way, which is to me code for I'm comfortable with it being like this and I don't want it to change because I like it this way. Yep. And I'm not willing to be challenged and to stretch. I just want things to stay the way that they are. And I heard a guy say one time, and it's so true, that the hardest part of change in a church is the change. <laughs> that churches want to grow mm-hmm. and they want to be bigger than they are, but they don't like the change that comes with, okay, there's 10 new families here this week now all of a sudden. We're, we're growing. There's there's new families. And guess what? They're sitting in my seat. Hi, golly. You know, they're sitting in my seat. And I, I want it my way. I want it the way I... So, I, had a, this is, I would love to write a book not just about my experiences, but from from all of the preachers that I know. I would love to write a book of just like one-page statements of things heard at the back door after a sermon on Sunday morning. And one of my favorites that I ever heard is this woman came up to me and she said, I am traditional old-school Church of Christ, and I don't know what you are. <laughs> turned around and just walked off. And And what she was saying to me, what I heard is, you're not doing it my way. Yeah. And I think of two kids who both want something different. And they're like, no, I want it this way. No, I want it that way. No, I want it this way. I want it that way. And then we, we when we see those arguments as adults, we're like, babies? You know, we're like, quit being so so childish. Mm-hmm. And then we get older, but then it's, my preference is more important than your preference. My pre- and we've seen that in COVID. We've seen that in you know how we do things in church. We've seen that how we do things at home. We see that I mean, in marriages. We see that in friendships. 
but then we don't recognize it for the the childish ways it is where you know scripture paul says bear with one another it's not saying huh that's your weight you carry it now he does later say hey but each one's responsible for their own load but it says but bear with one another so there's that mutual thing of of saying hey you're responsible for for your responsibilities but I'm, I can help you with your responsibility, but what you can't do is throw your responsibility all on someone else. So another another thing that Paul says, he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition, yep. which is the idea of, of, of having it your way so that you get ahead and you get more honor and glory or vain conceit, which makes it just about you. Yep. And in that same idea, he says, and consider others better or more important depending on your translation like than that. yourself oh no no no, wrong. no we don't like that we don't like that at all we, do, we don't and, and but then when we see that in our children we want to nip that in the bud mm-hmm. immediately but as we get older it's almost a badge of honor yeah man i i did that i got you know i'm happy things stayed my way but when it comes to our children it's Hey, no, ma'am, no, sir. You know, you will, you know, you will abide by these rules or you will not act, you know, up here. You will help others. And then we almost forget that as we age. And I think it is because we, we think as adults, we have the right. Mm-hmm. Men are in the, as, as children, they don't have the right. Well, no, the, the truth is none of us have the right to have everything our way. You know, and that leads me to to another thought in this childish idea that when you have a lack of wonder and you have this selfish my way idea about your life, it is going to lead you to a place where you're going to quit growing mm-hmm. because you're going to have your box yep. that everything fits in. And once you get everything comfortably packed into that box, you don't need anything outside of it. There was a situation that um, I talked to a good friend about one time. They were having some struggles with their preacher. They had the elders had had to have some conversations with him and it was on a particular subject. And the elder, one of the elders asked him, and I was good friends with one of these guys in the meeting. And he said, we looked at him and said, do you think it's possible that you're wrong about this, about this particular subject? And he goes, no. <laughs> and he goes, well, my understanding of scripture is just a little bit different. He goes, well, then you're wrong. And he goes, well, what do you, he said, why are you so out of, he goes, there is nothing, the preacher said, there is nothing in my belief system that I need to grow in anymore. He said, I've got all that figured out. And and that is a very dangerous, but also very childish place to be. I have no faith. more room for growth. I have no more room for growth. Um, and and when, you, when you think you have figured it all out, Number one, that's a very arrogant yeah. attitude because there are so many things to understand about Scripture that we never will. Uh, and secondly, it, it just shows how much you really don't care yeah. about your relationship with God. And and it's one of those things, too, where when, when I think of, is there anything that I believe that, that, I am, that I'm going to say with 100% certainty that I know is correct? Yes, there is. Mm-hmm. God exists, yes. 100% certainty God exists, right? And it's one of the things, you know, do I have to do these things? Yes, 100% I have to love others. Mm-hmm. It, love one another. I mean, uh, 100%. But there's other things where, hey, I want to make sure that, that what I believe is what actually is in Scripture. And um, that's, that's really challenging. Mm-hmm. And uh, it also has to make sure we, 
we're willing to say, hey, look, am I allowing my preferences to cloud how I'm interpreting Scripture? And, and, and that's, that's it's, it's hard. hard to say I have no more room for grace. Uh, that, that is, but, and we look at that story and we're like, how foolish. But yeah, but, we but, all have our we, own pet we, peeves we, that we, we would do that. But, oh, absolutely. Well, you know, I was I was questioned a week ago or so about something I'd said in a sermon. And, you know, I was very confident in my explanation of, of why I said what I said. And but this individual that asked me about it, I laid out, you know, my, my thought process. But then after that conversation, and even after I felt like I thoroughly explained a very biblical view on something, mm -hmm. my heart said, you need to spend the rest of the afternoon back in the Word of God on, on this. Mm -hmm. Just making sure that what you have said has the truth that you think you understand. I did not want to have that idea of, I have no more room to grow on this subject. Absolutely. So that reminded me, um, whenever I've in... I'm about to sneeze again. But... And... Elephant. Watermelon, right? Whatever it is. Whenever um, I've interviewed interns before. So in Kentucky, um, I'm new here, so we haven't had that opportunity to dive into that kind of pursuit. But in Kentucky, we would hire an intern every summer. And we would go in pretty early the year before, the beginning of the school year, to interview. And we would have some, you know, personal, doctrinal questions. We would have some situational questions that we would play like a word association game so we can get their personality. But one of the questions is this, because after teaching or preaching a lesson, on one of the elders approaches you and says they are concerned about something you said. Even after they explained it, you're still certain you've not said anything unscriptural. How do you respond? And we want to, and now these are just college kids. These aren't a lot of people who have years of ministry experience, mm -hmm. but we want to know before we bring them in, are they teachable? Are they teachable? Are they going to buck up, bow up, and fight leadership? Are they going to say, listen? And they make they may be right, and the elders mm -hmm. may be wrong, and because uh, men are flawed, are, are flawed. There's no perfect person, but we want to know if they're going to be respectable, how they're going to handle themselves. Are they going to be childish and say, "I'm right, you're wrong, I'm leaving this place"? Yeah. Or are they going to say, "You know what? You can't tell me what to do, and I'm going to do. I'm going to. I'm going to teach it again." Yeah. And in the same way, are they going to humbly say, hey, I see it differently. Here's how I see it. Let's have a conversation about it. But ultimately, let's make sure it's biblical in, in, a, in a humble way. And we want to make sure we know that. And that, I mean, that's a, you could say well, that's a lot to expect from a 19-year-old you know, kid. Yeah, it is. That's, why, that's mm -hmm. why we want the best of the best when I'm interviewing someone. But I also want to make sure I'm bringing in someone that can set a good example for the kids. Yeah. Because... We want our kids, our youth, just like I'm sure even myself. I learn from our in, my interns all the time. I want to make sure that we're doing our best to be growing in our faith, not saying, I can't be wrong. There's no way I'm wrong, and I'm just not going to listen to this conversation yeah. anymore. But to be honest, we've all acted that way we before. Have. We have. So let's take one of the phrases you just used of growing in our faith. Uh, scripture, as we use this word childish, for immaturity. Uh, Jesus also has a moment where he says, hey, unless you become like a child, you will not inherit the kingdom. Okay, or you won't be able to enter the kingdom. So um, how do we transition and grow in our faith from a childish faith or from immature faith yep. 
to a childlike faith yep. that helps us um, enter the kingdom. So yeah. So jump off on that for a second. I want to go right back to that same word I used last time. You know, where a lack of wonder exists when someone's childish, wonder exists in a childlike faith. You know, faith. And and I always knew this conceptually. Uh, I read a book called The Wonder Switch by a friend of mine, Harris III. Um, and he expressed something about a Disney experience with his with his uh, with his son. But we now have a one year old. So, but I read that book, I think maybe probably before our son was born, but especially before he was old enough to even look around, you know. <laughs> and when we see a child see something for the first time, their eyes get by, they look around. It's the coolest thing ever. You put a little cool light on that shines these little, you know, stupid reflections on the on the ceiling that to you and I might be like, oh, that's just okay, that's, that, cool, yeah. that, that's obnoxious. To him, he's like, stand up on the ceiling. That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Because outside, he loved looking at the trees, the leaves blowing in the wind. Thought it was the coolest thing in the world. We would walk outside, and he'd just be standing up at the trees. And we'd be talking to somebody with a friend and another baby, and he'd be like, oh, cool baby, oh, the trees. And it was the coolest thing he had ever seen. And I'm like, dead leaf, dead branch. And I'm, I'm, poke, I'm poking holes in the wonder. Yeah. And I'm thankful that I read the book that said, don't be, don't do that. A pre, you know, so when I think of then a childlike faith, I think, hey, when I see the beauty in everything God's created, I don't then say, hmm, whatever. I don't say the beauty in what God's done for me go, yeah, Jesus died for me. That's, that, 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 that's a fact. No, that's not just a fact. That's love. And we should get excited about it. So when we were, I guess we had, the two big kids they were a lot younger but we had the two big kids and we went to see disney on ice we've seen disney on ice like every version of it uh but one of the first times we went it may have just been with collins um anyway so they're all skating around and tinkerbell skates up close to the section that we're in and she hops up on the platform and she stands up that platform and she just waves and blair sets up in her seat and waves back like tinkerbell was just waving at her and I just sat there and lost it laughing. I'm like, she's not waving at you, honey. She goes, well, it felt like it. I was just in the moment. <laughs> but, you know, as adults, we do get to this place in our faith and in life that you're right, that wonder disappears. But Christ says, hey, with the Holy Spirit within you, you should. there should be a fire within you yeah. that the simple things of God just still blow your mind. And... and and there's another word we have written down on this list, and it goes back to maybe not, I'm not saying what causes, but what contributes to a lack of wonder, or maybe, in, you know, not giving away too much of the, of the book, so hopefully you'll read it, but maybe what kill, that flips that wonder switch off is, man, when children are so innocent, everything's pure, everything's wonderful. Mm -hmm. When we lose our innocence, then we start saying, I've been hurt before. So everybody's going to hurt me mm -hmm. or man, there's that once I learned that, that, that the, that the leaves changing colors means they're dying. Now they're not so pretty anymore. Now they're just dead leaves Yeah. to a kid. Look at the red, look at the brown. Uh, that's a, you know, or they pick up one of those, those little, oh, what do they call them? Dandelions, right? Mm -hmm. The little, they blow something. That's a weed kid. 
quit picking the weeds. You're 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 now seeding my whole yard full of weeds. Well, I look at all trees. upset. And then here's the kid going, "This is so cool." It's the same thing. We when we lose our innocence, we we lose that childlike yeah. attitude, and that can be sin. When sin enters, if we don't then continue to work at pushing it out and holding on to purity, I think we also become less childlike. <laughs> Our hearts become hard. Yes, and, and that's what Jesus was getting at. Yeah. He says, hey, don't shoot these kids away. They want to come hear me. They're excited, and you're just trying to trap me. You have to be like them who just want to be with me. Yeah. They just want to be with me. You're here to, to trap. You know, another thing I think about, it goes back to some of the things we just talked about is the idea of, of learning. Mm -hmm. You know, kids are fascinated to learn new Sponges. things. Oh, they do. And, and I think about... Good and bad things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good and bad things. Um, I think about Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. One of my favorite phrases is the idea of hungering and thirsting for righteousness or after righteousness. And uh, I, I relate to those because of the word <laughs> hunger. Like, I understand I'm what it means to be hunger. Like, yep. I understand... What it means to like, to just like be so hungry that you're like, oh, I could just, you know, when you're really hungry, you start daydreaming about food and the different things that you could eat and where you could go. You know, a lot of people think that way while I'm preaching. They're daydreaming about, you know, where they're, are they going to go eat Mexican or they're going to go Mexican. eat or Mexican um, or Taco Mex Bell or, <laughs> or Mexican. Um, you know, we had, um, it was really funny in McMinnville when we were in McMinnville. I didn't grow up there, Blair did. We had an Italian restaurant owned by a Greek family, and all <laughs> the food was cooked by Hispanics. So, best restaurant in town, but yeah. really strange. Little melting like a, pot. Little type. melting pot, yeah. yeah. But the, um, you know, we should look at the Word of God and hunger for more of it. Yeah. Um, uh, Chuck Morris, uh, my youth minister growing up, told me one time, he said, he said, we are all in many ways like spiritually anorexic when it comes to feeding ourselves with the word of God. He said, we should be spiritually obese. Yes. And, and I thought, man, that's, that, that puts it in a different perspective. We have this idea that Sunday morning many times is like the all-you-can-eat buffet that's going to get us to the next yeah. week instead of filling ourselves every day with, with something from the word of God. Um, we yes. should we should desire to learn more about his book. When I think of this, I think of Kaysen now. Kaysen's my son, who those of you who don't know, he's he's just turned one. And there's very few things now that we can actually feed him. He wants to feed himself, mm -hmm. which is great because now we just have to get him to want to use his drink by himself. He wants us to still feed him that way. But every now and then, I, when I can get a spoon of something, he'll let me spoon him and spoon feed him. If I hold it even, even sometimes like eight inches away from his mouth, he's ah, he's leaning forward trying to get this this piece of food, and I'm like, dude, you you still have food in your mouth. If I pour it, and I, he likes to feed himself, even if it's you know oatmeal, and without it, he just grabs it. Or if it's beanie weenies, I drain some of the juice out because he just wants to feed himself. Um, oh, he loves beanie weenies. Feeding your one year old beanie weenies. He loves beanie weenies, <laughs> and uh, or he uh, or puffs. But especially with puffs, he will, our yogurt melts, he will take his hand, he will pick up the entire stack and try to shove all of it all at once. And I'm like, kid, you're going to, you're going to choke yourself. But he's like, I just want it now. 
And I want all of it. And I may never get it ever again. This may be my last yeah, beanie weenie. This, right? This may be my last beanie weenie. And, uh, but when it comes to searching for God, we're like, feed me. Mm, maybe tomorrow. Now, to be childlike, it's that I may never get a chance to absorb this information ever again. Well, you know, and, and your, your illustration of feeding Casey is so funny to me because, you know, I've got a two year old. There are still some things that we, like she jumped off in my lap and wanted to eat some of my soup this afternoon. And yep. I was like, I'm not going to let you do this by yourself because you're going to get this all over us. <laughs> but at the same time, if I set my 11 year old in my lap and go, okay, Collins, let me feed you this soup. <laughs> just, just that image is so out of the ordinary and unnecessary. But that's what we do in our walk with God. Let me go to Bible class and let me go to worship and let, and, let, and let you feed me. And then I'm just going to go about the rest of my week. Yep. Yep. And, and when, when I, and I've tried doing this in, the, in my classes with our teenagers, I'll ask a question and I'll be like, okay. And, and, and sometimes I even ask an obvious question to build upon some deeper questions. And I've asked them before, I said, well, do you want the answer or do you want to like work your way through it? They're like, I'm just give us the answer. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And our schools do that more now. I'm not criticizing our teachers because good teachers, and we know a lot of good teachers, do it the right way. We appreciate you. But I can remember I had some teachers that just said, here's the answer. I had some good teachers mm -hmm. that said, uh, figure it out. And, 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 he, and here, let me ask you this. Okay, how does that help you answer this question? Go to your desk. And I'm like, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> I had my preacher growing up, Jim Shambly. Um, he, I would, of course, knowing that I always had, I've always wanted to be a preacher. I always what I wanted to do. Um, and so all of my life was geared in that direction for the most part, um, even at a young age. But I would be studying something on my own when I was in high school. I'd go to Jim. I'd be like, hey, Jim, I got a question. Mm -hmm. And I'd, answer, I'd ask him the question. He'd give me a few thoughts. But then he'd go to his bookcase and then he'd go to the copy machine and he'd run off a chapter out of this book and a chapter out of this book. And then he'd take a notepad and be like, this passage, this passage, this passage. And he would go, okay, read these two chapters, read these passages, make some notes and come back and talk to me. I'm like, that's not what I want. That's not what I was looking for. Just tell me what I was asking. But it helped me at a younger <laughs> age develop this desire of, hey, if I've got a question about the word of God, I am capable of figuring it out. Yeah. And when you figure things out in scripture and you come to these epiphanies that I've been studying, 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 bam, I have figured this out. There's such a great, just like accomplished feeling about it. Yeah. And, and, and when you live back in that box of, I've got it all figured out. I have, I don't need to grow anymore. Then, then you actually stop growing and you actually, you start losing growth, which then goes back to that. I'll have a lack of wonder and, Correct. And so, so even as, you know, we got to make sure we don't go backwards anyway, that's. Oh yeah. And so we, we want to be growing. We want to have that purity. We don't be the innocent, have that wonder, keep learning. But then also now it depends on the kid here, but, but the true childlike behavior that children naturally kind of share. Mm -hmm. Some of them have a share, not their toys, but like, been to my house. right. <laughs> yeah. Not toys. But if you're like, There'll be time I'll ask a kid, but like, they'll be eating snacks. Can I have one? And they're like, okay. I'm like, I was just kidding. You know, I'll try to expect them to be like, mine. Now, sometimes you have that mine, especially in, around a certain age. But when we're talking about some of these things, 
to be childlike is to not be selfish. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of children, hey, can, can I read that with you? Okay. You know, and, and, and they are, and, and <laughs> uh-oh, <laughs> we had a phone call coming in. But I, I think that's an important part of being childlike is being able to not just share your stuff, but also give yourself. Yeah. And, and, and help out. You know, we were having this conversation earlier about, you know, sharing things with ministers and stuff. And, you know, one of the biggest ways that I can help you grow mm-hmm. is, is to share with you my faith. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if, if, if I've grown in this area and you're like, Hey, like, I'd really like to grow in that area as well. Part of discipleship is me turning around and going, okay, let me share with you how my journey was. Let me share with you the resources that I had instead of just being like, figure yeah. it out on your own. Yeah. And I think that's important because then that, then as we become childlike in that way, we also then become adult-like, mm-hmm. but not adult-like as culture sees adults, we become but mature. more mature, responsible. Yeah. And then that mentor role become, happens naturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't force someone to say, hey, I'm going to mentor you. Mm, thanks, no thanks. And you can't go to someone and say, hey, you have to be my mentor. Mm, yeah. That's not going to work either. But if I say, hey, I've been where you are. Do you mind me sharing with you about something? Mm-hmm. And then over time, that trust begins to form. And it may take months, may take a year, may take years. And maybe it just takes like that. I mean, it depends on personalities. But then we have to then also, and, and do that mentorship stuff, but as we mature, also be okay with failing. Yeah. Because when we box ourselves in, we, we act childish, we don't step out into our outside our comfort zones. We don't challenge ourselves. But children, they can't fail at anything. My kid, I see like one again, he, he wants to crawl all over the bed. He sees something on the floor. He's like, oh, cool. And I'm like, hey, buddy, we're like two and a half feet up in the air. Um, he doesn't care. It's not going to end well for you, but there is no danger. I'm not saying to be irresponsible, but I am saying we can't be afraid. Well, you know, I think of the life of Moses. Moses knew God has put me in this situation to lead my people, his people, the Jewish people. Yeah. He's put me here for this. Okay. And then he tries to, to lead in a way that is very aggressive and very not beneficial. Yep. And so what does he do? He gets scared and he runs and he disappears and he puts himself inside of a box to where he'll never, I'm going to live a life that's so simplistic that I'm never going to fail because I'm not going to put myself in a situation. I've got it all figured out. I have all the answers. I'm comfortable. Life's great. You know, I'm in that box. And as long as I stay in that box, I'm never going to fail because I'm never going to put myself out there. And then what's God? God says, go. He goes, mm, find somebody else. Yeah. Hey, go. I can't speak very well. Um, who gave you your mouth? Go. Uh, he goes, fine. I'll send Aaron with you now. Just go. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then he goes, you're going to grow because I blessed you. I, can, I know what I gave you. I know what talents I gave you. And God's saying that to us. He says, I know what I blessed you with. And, and a lot of times we think, well, I'm just... Now, I'll preface this with, I'm not saying that there's certain, any talent we can grow and we can be good at anything, but God has given us certain talents, but not necessarily they're fully developed yet. So you may say, hey, God's blessed me with the ability to do, to speak. Well, I'm not going to be the best speaker 
tomorrow. Tomorrow. Or I'm not going to be this speaker when I, was, when I was in high school or I was in college. It takes developing our talents. But at the same time, maybe I'm not good at this. And I need to say, you know, that's somebody else's job in, this, in, in a healthy way. That's, you know, just like the when Paul talks about the parts of the body, he says, you know, if, if the, was it the, the, the eye said to the ear or whatever, anyway, I'm going blank. But if, if we say, hey, I wish I just had that ability, so I'm just going to work on that ability and ignore what God's really blessed us with, then we don't develop what God's given us and we're not going to develop what God hasn't given us. Mm-hmm. And then what are we doing? Well, we're wasting our talents and we're wasting, to be blunt, but we're wasting our life. Yeah. And we're not growing into what God has called us to be. And then that goes back to selfishness. Mm-hmm. I want to be who I want to be. You know, say, you know, if I'm an arm, I just want to be a foot because I really like running. I don't like running. Some of you like running. You're crazy. Um, but that's not, not going to do the body any good. Yeah. If I had a foot coming off my shoulder, I would. it would be weird. It would be. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't know what else to say. You and your beanie weenies. Hey, there's nothing wrong with beanie weenies. I never said there was. Listen, when we were in Romania, we lived on beanie weenies. Hey, they're cheap. And yeah. they have little hot dogs. And they have the beans. So I wouldn't protein. call them hot dogs, but. Well, I mean, hot dogs. Quote, quote. But Kaysen loves those things. Kaysen likes anything. That's true. He'll, and, eat, he'll eat any kind of food. But when he grows up, he won't. And then that's. <laughs> you know, and, and that's really the purpose of today's conversation is is making sure that number one, we recognize within ourselves yeah. when when we're struggling with these childish issues mm-hmm. and being willing to put ourselves in a situation where we can grow and be childlike, as Jesus has said, so that we can enter the kingdom, so that we can be a part of the family, and not just be a part, but be an effective part. Yeah, uh, there are so many people that are a part, but they're not an effective part. And, and and I on my Facebook memories, this was a sermon series I did in Kingston almost ten years ago. Now it's one of the first sermon series I did. But one of the quotes that I used over and over is, "Church growth happens when you do your part." Mm-hmm. And and that was what I was trying to get everybody to understand. You you've got one thing you're good at, okay, just do do that. Do, do your part um, so that you can be effective yep. and so that we can grow. We've got so many people in our churches that are still stuck in this childish and refuse to be childlike. And, and, and we want to help people get out of that. And I think a lot of them don't even recognize it. Mm-mm. They don't even recognize it. No. And so maybe maybe today's conversation will help somebody. I That's hope what so. I hope. That's what I hope. We do too. We're glad that you tuned in today. We're glad you were listening. We hate we are not live, but we would still love feedback, comments if you're watching Absolutely. our video. Uh, send us messages. Um, uh, I think we're all on, well, I'm on every social media platform for the most part. Uh, don't message me on LinkedIn. I don't even know the password. But um, send us a message uh, on Facebook, all that good stuff. We'd love to hear back from you. As a reminder, um, this is sponsored by Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleville, Alabama. I said it right. Haleville. Haleville. And uh, and also the Ministry League, um, part of their network of podcasts. We'd love for you to check out the Ministry League. we got a lot of great podcasts on there, a lot of resources, um, song app. You might know that uh, know it by that. 
we're nearing, I think we've just surpassed 100,000 downloads. That's awesome. So um, super excited about that. Help us reach our next milestone, whatever that might be. But uh, thanks for having us. Or thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.